going on, everyone? Uh, welcome back to Nets Chat. I've got Adrian O'Sullivan on here with me. So welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, how, how, how are you doing in this whole uh, lockdown situation? Where, where are you, actually? Are you still uh, back, I'm back in Cork, yeah. So just like everybody else, uh, season was cancelled. And, well, sorry, originally it was postponed. Um, and the professionals on the team just had agreed to agree with the club to go home. Um, and once I got home, I got back, I think it was March 15th. Yeah, so I'm back almost eight weeks now. Um, oh, damn, you've been here a while. Yeah, like we got, I got out of there right away. I didn't want to be hanging around. Um, yeah, just making sure. stuck there. Yeah, exactly. Just making sure I was actually able to get into the country. But uh, And then since I've been home, just I suppose doing what everybody else is doing, like just working out when you can work out and then, you know, watching everybody else's live Instagrams and listening to podcasts and <laughs> watching all games and all that. So, mm. um but yeah, that's been it, really, man. That's cool, man. I think uh, that that point that you just made there about watching old games—that's something that a lot of people don't do, or even just watch basketball in general. Like I've been getting yeah, my younger lot, kids. There's a lot of our games that were recorded, like from when I was playing with Demons, mm-hmm. um, and we would have used um, like Huddle or Synergy and stuff when I was in the states for years. Yeah. There's loads of I still have the same password, so oh, there's not a line there like and just watch tons of games. It's good, it's good for the ego. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, like, why am I doing this or why would I do that? So, yeah. Yeah, it passes it passes time anyway, that's for sure. No, nah, that's good. It's all about improvement as well. Like, um, you've been able to see that where you were back then and where you are now. And Absolutely, like the kind of yeah. decisions that you were making. Yeah. Um, like I watched even like yeah, you watch yourself and stuff, but I watched every cup final that's been put on YouTube recently. And Basel Ireland have been great for that. We're doing yeah. all the backs and stuff, but like I watched the Air Cup final against Temple Oak. I watched Kilester Marion. Uh, I watched the Marion Temple Oak going here and just like yeah, some of them, some of the players are let's say playing in a different league or whatever, but you can still pick up different pieces. And now it's just entertainment then as well, I suppose. But yeah, I was watching a bunch of them just to to learn different pieces like there's uh, there's tons you can learn from people like Isaac and Conor Meany and you know just Paul people in my position you know I just yeah so you could spend hours doing that stuff as well so I certainly don't get bored in it no you definitely can't there's way too much uh, stuff out there I think Mary Mary Maguire deserves a huge shout out because of all the work that she's done with the social media side and just yeah, broadcast all the games even, like. even when I when I was away like Obviously, the world is getting smaller and stuff with all the technology, but I didn't miss a beat for mm. any of the games and any of the leagues, whether yeah. it be some of the underage school stuff, if I wanted to check in on people like CJ or whether it be the Men's Super League or Women's Division 1, whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, I definitely shout out to her for that because it was, as I said, I didn't miss a beat when I was away. Yeah, uh, facts. Even when I posted about this last night, my bad for the uh, not not posting it in due time, but yeah, when I posted it last night. It was like eleven thirty, and twenty thirty seconds later, she retweeted it on the Basketball Island Instagram. And I'm like, Mary, do you go to fucking sleep ever? <laughs> yeah, nah, we're gonna we're gonna miss her for sure. Yeah, yeah, facts. She's got she's got a couple more days left. I think she finishes up on the eighth, so okay. uh, it's gonna be a 
interesting switch over, but I'm sure the next person will do as good as a job. This has been my favorite question um, in the last couple of times that I've, I've done this Instagram live thing. Can you name your top three Super League jerseys? Jerseys? Yeah. I thought you were about to say flares there, and I was like, ah, oh, that's a hard question to start with. Uh, no, I wouldn't give you top three, but I'm sure that's going to come. Uh, I like it plain and simple, I'll be honest. Orange is actually my favourite colour, so I am a fan of the cholesterol stuff. Yeah. Um, and there have been no needles for a long time now, so they always come up with, like even their tracksuits and stuff like that, they're always nice. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's up and there. And everybody in the uh, club has the exact same tracksuit. I love it. Yeah, the my calling green. Uh, yeah, like the, I don't know. I just like the green that they have. It's nice and simple. It's plain. I definitely don't like that Marion stuff that they came out. They were looking like traffic cones. <laughs> that Bro, is terrible. Uh, every time people have just been bagging on Marion's jerseys, I love. <laughs> yeah, the, the white gear that Temple Og were wearing. Uh, yeah, again, it was plain. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there's like just the Trillie and the Marion stuff wasn't great, but everything else is, is decent, huh? It's all funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, no, I think uh, <laughs> that Marion jersey is going to get bagged on for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, well, I'll go on to my next question. So, um, obviously, you're over in uh, you're you're over playing in Germany this past season, but you the year before you were in Reading, right? Yeah, that's it, yeah. And then year before that, you were... Yeah, I was playing in... I was playing Demons. Um, so, yeah, I did five seasons in Demons and then um, I went from Demons to Reading and then Reading to Germany and Germany to... No, so that's been the last five years. So that's a big, like... That's, that's major transitions in all three because, like, that's, that's different levels of play no matter how how you look at it, it might be semi-professional or professional, but it's still all different levels of play with those professional guys. So how did you, how did you adjust to it? Um, when I first, when I first came back to, um, to Ireland, uh, I was 19 mm-hmm. and I went into demons and that was the first, I felt like I was playing and training like a pro. I wasn't mm-hmm. from what I know now, but, our sessions were just that good. Uh, with it was under Colin, and you had Shane and Niall and like Kyle Osford and um, my brother was in there. Like it was just we were training at a very high level. Uh, right. We went as hard as possible. So like some of the some no disrespect to other teams in the league, but some of those training sessions were tougher than some of the games. Um, mm. So I felt like I was training like a pro, and it was all part of the development. Um, so when I finished under Colin, like five years later, um, I went into Reading and that was another transition again, but that was, I was training every single day and the biggest transition for me was if I had a great session on the Monday and I had a terrible session on the Tuesday, it was trying to find a balance of not getting too high or getting too low. Yeah. So what I found is when you're playing Super League here, it was like, let's say I do have a good session on the Monday or even if let's say it's terrible and I'm leaving and I'm like you know annoyed, pissed off whatever but you don't get to see the lads or you don't get to touch basketball with the team again until the Wednesday so you're totally over yourself Yeah. Uh, whereas we could have a Monday night session you leave the gym and it's nearly 11 o'clock but you're in there again at 8am on exactly. Tuesday 
So it wasn't getting too high and getting too low um, because it was just, my head was getting wrecked really, I suppose, already. So that was the biggest adjustment for me. Um, and then just the second biggest adjustment was probably physically um, just being able to take care of my body. Um, like over here, I think again, you have a full day of whether you stretch or you don't. You've got a full day of work at college on the Tuesday if you don't have practice until the Wednesday. Yeah. So naturally, I was just recovering. Um, so I had to pay much more attention to my body as I went on. Um, and that was a big thing in Germany this year. Uh, the league was a lot more physical than I was in Reading. Uh, just, I suppose, the Germans were naturally, as we Tough perceive people. Germans as, like, just strong, <laughs> grown men, just, like, they're going to hit you on screens, they're going to bump you on cuts, whatever. Um, so, the, yeah, the biggest adjustment was, first of all, mentally, and then second of all, physically. Um, right. And, but wouldn't turn it down for the world the whole thing of me going away was selfishly just to get better and then mm -hmm. I just feel like the further I can go um, and like people like Isaac now or Colin and all they, they, they're paving pathways when they went and did it yeah. uh, but I just feel the further I can go is when I'm looking down to the other people that are coming after me it's like oh he's did it why can't I go and do it or like exactly. I can I can give my experience to younger kids and they can go and do it. No, we have a, we have an Irish connection in the middle of Germany in a town that barely has a couple of thousand people. Yeah, uh, that's great. So, and there's different people around the country that are, that are good enough to go and do it. There's people that are worse than me and better than me that haven't gone and done it. Mm -hmm. um, but just me getting to do that, um, it just brings something for other kids and other people back home. And I think that's huge as well. Yeah, of course, opening that opportunity up to the rest of the country really is an amazing thing. And like, you can only be thanked for that, you know, uh, yeah. chasing, chasing your dream is you're, I'm, I'm pretty sure that like, you're a role model to a lot of kids uh, in Cork and Irish basketball. So when they see like, oh shit, Adrian is playing in Germany, you know, they see the highlight tape, they might not get to see your games, but they see the highlight tape at the end of the year. They see the updates on your Instagram all over uh, yeah. during the year. And like the, the one thing I would say um, that's a little bit different for me is like I never went and played college basketball, whether that be a good thing or a bad thing for me. I never went to the States and did four years since I came home and I played in Super League for four or five years like everybody mm. else does. And I went from there. So it's not that it's not possible. I'm not boosting the ego. I'm just saying that it is possible. It's a different route. You don't have to because I know there's a lot of people, States. a lot of people are concentrating on this, and that's fine. It is to all of us over here. It is the mecca you want to go there, whether it be junior college or, you know, NAIA or whatever it is, D1. Yeah. Uh, and we're, and we have kids that are talented enough to go over there. And I just did a year of prep and came home and I was like, okay, it's not working out to go to college. So what can I do now to eventually be a professional basketball player? And that's, that was the end goal, just like it is for a lot of people. Exactly. Um, and I think that me, doing that opened another alleyway for other people as well and they might not do it but the option is there oh yeah uh, for sure and it's not for everyone there's people making much more money over here in a regular job than yeah. I'm not afraid to say it than I was um, and that's okay too it's uh, it's kind of what you value I suppose really um, and you do it you have a short amount of time that you can do it um, but just to put it out there that you don't have to go four years with D1 to, to get paid to play like yeah, exactly. Um, so, 
no, that, 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 that's a great point, man. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you uh, on the live because you've taken a different route to the other people or what the other people have been advertised uh, majorly is like yeah. the, the people that, that we promote really are the guys that are going over to the States and getting the D1, D2, D3 scholarships, whatever it is. And rightly so. It's a great thing. Yeah. But yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people get caught up in the, oh shit, if I don't get a, a scholarship to the States or if I don't go to prep school in the States, that's it. There's so many other avenues, you know, yeah. like you, yeah. you signed, you signed with an agent. He helped you out. I'm pretty sure other people helped you out before that Absolutely. as well. To, yeah. To, when I came home, obviously being under Colin, he had played professionally for however many years. Mm-hmm. It was all, he had always mentioned it here and there. It was like, when the time is right for you, like you could, you could go. He wouldn't give yeah. too much away or, you know, but it was, he had me thinking and then obviously being close to Puff with the international setup for the last five, six years, there's always been the kind of, you know, you could if you wanted to, blah, blah, blah. And then mm. I, I, I'm a pest since I've been young. I've always asked questions. Uh, sometimes that might backfire on you, but I've always just wanted to learn. I've just asked so many questions. So I would have messaged Paul Dick, who went and did it, Connor Grace, Jason Killeen. I worked two weeks of camp in Garmerstown with Michael Bree when I was about 19. Right. Um, and like even people like Matt Hall, like all these other guys, Scott Kinnevin, like Neil Campbell, all guys that work different camps with it. You just ask questions all the time and you're trying to piece different things together. And like, I remember telling Paul, I was like, look, I'm after signing in England. And he's looking at me, he's like, what are you doing, man? And then I tell somebody else, they're like, oh, that's amazing. So there's, but that's not a knock on Paul. It was just, he didn't go and do it. He went straight to Germany. When I told Paul yeah. I was going to Germany, Paul was like, yeah, there you go. Like, but you piece different people's um, experiences together and try and make it your own. Uh, so I, I, yeah, you just ask, man. You just like, there's no bad yeah. question out there. In my eyes. There definitely is a no bad question. I think, uh, well, like the worst thing that can happen is somebody says no, but the best thing that can happen is you learn something new from that question that you just asked. Yeah. So yeah. Why well, not either, the way I learn in demons is like, you you don't ask that question ever again because they look at you or you get the good answer. <laughs> yeah. Lord, it's just, that's how it is. They are. Even growing up here, like with, with my brother, Kieran, like, like, what do you think of that? No, and it's either like the, and then you're like, you don't have to, <laughs> to ask it again or you get some information. So yeah. No, that's great, man. You've you've had like some great, you know, uh, people around you in terms of like basketball knowledge. Uh, just from an outside looking in, like obviously with your dad, <clears throat> uh, with your cousins, with your brother, like yeah. those are all great basketball minds that have. I'm pretty sure, you know, your your dad probably brought you up thinking a certain way about basketball. Then you formed your own ideas, and your brother had his own ideas as well. Yeah, and putting yeah. all that together. Um, yeah, no, I, I've I've definitely been extremely lucky. Um, when I was, well, a lot of people don't know us because she's gone from the game now and just ratters to be a, a parent on the sideline, like which is which is cool too. But mm. my mom was a coach. She was my first coach when I was younger. Oh yeah. Um, and she's been an international coach at the different levels all the way up, and so it was mom, dad, my uncle played for Ireland, dad played for Ireland, so I was kind of grown into it, but. What I liked, but it was never pushed on me too much. But it was always easier to cross different bridges to talk to different players all the time because my either my dad had done it or he's friendly with 
you know, the big golden era in the 80s, all those Americans that come back and forth. Like, right. I've had numerous conversations with people like Kelvin Troy or like when, you know, when they come to, to Cork, they played with against my dad, whatever. So, uh, like Jerome Westbrooks with, with Isaac and all that. And now yeah. those different guys, like sort of being in the community from a young age, it def- I definitely used that to my advantage. Um, and as you say, there was different ways of, of thinking and just getting experiences from different people. And um, I was I was always the younger brother to Kieran as well. He's very bright in what he wants to do. And mm-hmm. um, of course, I'm going to say that because I see it firsthand every day. But, you know, you learn a lot and he, he burned bridges for, or sorry, he made bridges then for me. He built bridges for me as well. Yeah. Um, just like I'm sure... Michael did for Isaac or, you know, Niall O'Reilly did for Colin. You just follow, you follow the yeah. older brother, you know. No, uh, exactly. So definitely been very lucky for that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, we actually have two questions in. So, <clears throat> excuse me, one's from Isaac and the first one is from uh, Farouk. So he said, outside of basketball, what's some of the challenges you faced since you turned pro? Um, outside of basketball? Uh, the culture was very different when I was in Germany. Um, right. It wasn't that different when I was in England because, I mean, it's only across the water. English people are, they're not as far apart from Irish people as Germans are, okay. uh, obviously with the same language. But I played with, I was living with Trey Pemberton and with Ronan and both had been in Ireland for the previous couple of years playing Super League. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, so that was just like living in Ireland, I'll be honest with you. It was like, I've been tied to the hip with Ronan since we were, However, age. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't much of a culture shock there. But when I went to Germany, um, just the different way of living, really. It's not, there's no right or wrong. It was just different. Yeah. Very uh, different. So, like, they would be very much like they absolutely loved to train. They loved training and they, we went hard every day. But afterwards, it was, they were still business. They would just go straight back to their, to their families and they're just like reserved, uh, a bit conservative. And again, it's not right or wrong, but, uh, it was interesting. It took a while to get used to. So I'd be leaving the gym looking to go and do something. And it was just kind of me and the American and a couple of the other pros. And it's like, we want to get to know the area. We want to get to know whatever. But over in Germany, man, they're up at 6 a.m. and they're coming back at 11 o'clock at night. They just want to work and train. And that's oh, it. Shit, yeah. They're uh, professionals. Uh, that, was just, that was just at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of broke down those barriers, but that was the biggest challenge. The first kind of six weeks, I was like, am I doing something wrong? Um, mm-hmm. So you'd almost start questioning yourself and like, am I not fitting <laughs> into the culture or like, are they, you know, then they, they speak German and there was a couple of Croatians on my team and like, there was a guy from Lebanon and like, that oh, was, wow. yeah, there was uh, one, he was, he would speak Lingala a lot, like, and, I was like in the back of the bus going to games and like this is <laughs> this is mad. I'm from Cork, like you, know? you should have uh, started speaking Irish, bro. But yeah, it was so it's there were some of the challenges, just to answer Farouk's question, just the the basic culture things, but there was no real challenge of like, oh I'm away from my parents, I'm away from my friends because I had done that when I was eighteen, I went to prep. So yeah. that was kind of over the whole I miss my family kind of thing. Uh, and I knew I was out there to do a job and develop and as I said like I don't know what other people from different countries feel like but I definitely have a 
a bond with other people that leave Ireland, Irish kids, they know that there's a lot of people back home rooting for them. So that always oh, yeah. helps. It was never a case of like, oh, I just wish I was at home. It was, you just, anytime you do go down that alleyway, you're just like, nah, everybody's back home pushing you on. They know what they want you to do well type of thing. Exactly. Uh, not every single person, no, but the majority, <laughs> so, the majority. The majority. The good people in your circles are, they want you to do well. Um, so, but yeah, that's, and then what was Isaac's one? Isaac's, uh, he said, when going away, what are areas of your game? What areas of your game did you have to improve? And what are you focusing on now? Okay, good question. Um, Pope said, come on, man, you know you were missing your mom. <laughs> no matter, he's back no, no matter what I say he's going to have something different to say oh yeah definitely <laughs> um, yeah diff- what I have to work on most was playing at a different pace so like when I was over here I was able to get not all the time but I was a majority of the time I was able to get away with just putting my head down and going a thousand miles an hour and just jumping into the big man and trying yeah. to finish or getting fouled and um, rushing off ball screens all the time uh, not reading just like going to what I'm fairly good at is just like turning a corner and just attacking and making something for, happen from that uh, yeah. so trying train to learn how to read what defence is giving you and I'm still not great at it so there's there's tons of learning in that just like ball screen situations um, and then just being a, a more consistent three point shooter I'm definitely concentrating on that I'm too, too streaky for my liking so um, like there's whatever, you come set up watching, like I'll be able to attack or whatever, but like making the right read and then just consistently being able to shoot the three. Uh, yeah. So if you can, if you can do, if you can do both, like, you know, you're getting, you're going somewhere and then it's like pick your poise into the defender, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. It opens up the game way more. Uh, so I think that that's what I'm concentrating on if that answers uh, I just question. Three-point shooter and just learning how to play at a different pace. Yeah, no, I think uh, th- th- that's definitely a great answer. Um, I've run a camp, uh, I've run two camps in the last uh, last year or so. And one of the main things that, you know, I've been focusing on teaching is uh, how to read screens, you know, how to come off a screen, snake the screen, how to pass properly off the screen and not just like coming off the screen and putting your head down and it's, going to the basket. It's not, it's not an easy thing to teach. Like, with, like when me, I was up, not to bring it back to Puff again, but I was with Puff at, um, we were coaching his camp in Kilkenny. It was like three years ago. And mm. he was, he was working with a couple of the, of the younger girls and a younger meaning like kind of 12 to 15. Right. And there's some of his core group that are, you know, they're, they're getting there now for sure, but they had loads of learning in them. Yes. And he asked one or two of them. He's like, as the point guards, especially he was like, what read do you make? And write it down on the board. If let's say I'm guarding you and I go under you, what are your options? If I go over and the big hedges, what are your options? And yes. all the girls are writing down like what they do on puff is like, you know, you have the answer here, but that's not even half. Did you, like, you you have it in your head what you're supposed to do, but now you have to go and do it. And making the read at speed is very difficult. So teaching oh, yeah. that is even harder. So it's just about repping it the whole time. So. Like for you to say that you are teaching so that I'm like I I don't think I could teach it because I'm like just read it like just do it <laughs> yeah. just do it yeah so it's about repetitions as well I would think while trying to teach it is putting the kids through continuous actions of naturally figuring out how to read it yeah 
no, it, it's it, it's a it's a tough thing to teach when uh when you're only getting to so a lot of the kids that I get to coach, I might only see them for you know once or twice during the year, and I always tell them, look, this might be the only time you see me until next summer or next midterm. Yeah, so yeah. you need to really take what I'm telling you right now and then work on it yourself, so that when you come back, we're not teaching you the exact same thing again. We're moving on to the next point. And you've already learned these different aspects of the game. Like, um, but yeah, the, the whole reading the game, there's so much to it. Yeah, um, I mean, there's, but like the top players are still learning how to make reads. You know what I mean? There's, that's, oh, yeah. a, that's the longest, one of the longest processes in basketball. That's, you're not going to make every read every time. Oh, yeah, exactly. Defense changes all the time, offense changes. Yeah, there's exactly. so many different scenarios that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, there's a controversial question coming in. I feel it's controversial, but you might not. So Kojak said, is there a return to college in <laughs> you your saying controversial, future? and you say Kojak, just like, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. um, So you don't have to answer that if you don't want to, but is there a return to college in your near future? Um, Especially think, now that they've gone Super League. I think... I'm the only one that Kojak I'm the only one Sullivan that Kojak is talking to right now I'd say after what they did <laughs> the last year um, uh, yeah yeah it's definitely it's, why would I not come back in time uh, when that is I don't know yeah uh, um, but the, the uh, what, fans want to know it's I can't answer it when because I, I genuinely don't know I don't even know is there going to be a league because you uh, you and Nation I'm but, just saying my, yeah. I'm just saying, you and Andre Nation, that guy was different. Yeah, I'm he's not. he's not, it, it's going to happen. Like I'm going to play with Balin Colleague again, but mm. and I think everyone knows that. But like, why would I not? But I just don't know when it's going to happen um, because there's like it's obviously a basketball decision, but it's also a late decision. Like I have to go get a job I, I still don't drive I still have to go get a full license and all that like I it's not about if I'm coming back to stay in Ireland it's yeah. go and work the job I want to work and all that it's not coming back to play at Panacotic. Um so it's more of a life decision if I do come home am I ready to live in this house for a long time you know it's, we'll see We'll yeah, see. there's a lot. There's a lot. Like, I'm, Kojak, I, I'm definitely going to play Kojak. I'm definitely going to play but I just don't know when. <laughs> Bro, let me just tell you this quick story about uh, about Andre Nation, right? So last year, um, we played them three times. They beat us all three. He was putting us, he was giving us the work the whole the whole time. And then uh, the, I think it was the it was the final game of like the cup, like the league cup, and it was Balancholic versus Carlo. And me and Josh had walked into the building, and uh, that was in the that was in the semi, wasn't it? Yeah, in DCU. Yeah, in DCU. Yeah, the semi. yeah, that was the semi. Yeah. So I walked up to Andre, and I was like, "Oh, what up, bro? What up?" Uh, and I I just talked to Kojak before that, and Kojak was like, "Yeah, I got some shit for him. I got some shit for him." And I said to so I said it to Andre, and Andre was like. <laughs> I love Kojak, man. <laughs> and, then, and then every time I told y'all and I was like, damn. Andre's different, man. Yeah. You uh did, like Andre played against Victor Oladipo. I think it might have been his I might, I might be wrong in saying this, but I think it was his it was Andre's freshman year and they played mm-hmm. him in the NCAA tournament against uh Victor Oladipo and Andre had like fifteen points and 
you know, assists here and there, rebounds here and there. Andres, he's a freak talent, to be honest, man. Yeah. He's, but, he's uh, definitely, he's definitely enjoy playing him one on one for sure. I didn't get many shots off, like, but you knew you were getting better. Yeah, definitely getting better. You got to adjust to his long arms. Uh, he said, LMAO, I don't drive either, bro. We'll walk together. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, bro, that would definitely be interesting. Uh, your brother just hopped in here too. What up, Kieran? <laughs> um, I've had some, I've had some battles with him over the last couple. Of, no, not over the last couple of years. Last year, every, anyway. Every everybody has, man. Yeah, everybody. Kieran <laughs> loves that. He loves that. Yeah, no, he's he's such a smart player though. I think the, there was a game that he didn't actually play because his wrist was hurt, and I was like, oh, thank fuck, because him and Andre and the rest of the team is just. Yeah, they they work they work very well together. That's the thing about uh, I think what Balancali have done very well in the last few years is obviously mm-hmm. you've got great talents in Kieran and Andre, but they're all on the same page all the time. Um, so as you say, like, even when Kieran, I think I know the game we're talking about. It was up in it was in Clash Day, wasn't it in a league game? Yeah, and Kieran was hurt, um, and they still they still beat you, which was a great winning. But I think it just goes to show that it was you know everybody down the bench. They were all able to play. They played well yeah. together. You know, definitely. Um, Oh my bad. There's a question up here. Um, okay, so Jer, <clears throat> he said you mentioned growing up during the golden era. Who were your Irish basketball idols growing up? It's a good question. Uh, that list is endless. Um, yeah. First person that comes to mind is Adrian Fulton. You know, he was towards the end of his career, and I was very young. But it's my first. Right. It's my first memory. It's my earliest memory, probably of. Uh, of basketball, but they were playing, I think it was Cyprus in the Mardik Arena. Um, I don't know what year it was. I can't tell you what year, but I was, I wasn't even a teenager, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, and he was doing what CJ was doing to the Super League this year, but at international level. Oh, and damn. just, you know, he was playing with um, a lot of Americans uh, on that national team at the time. But he's, he was definitely the first person I was like, Wow, like he was, he was incredible. Um, and CJ, you can see a lot of faulty in in CJ. Yeah. Um, then as I got older, after that, I've, I'm obviously Cork biased. Like so, watching Jar Noonan, Colin O'Reilly, Shane Collin, um, and you're still it, in the league. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I I say this to uh, to my buddies here. So like going to watch Neptune play still. You obviously you go and see Roy and you go and see Kyle and you go see Lee, whatever, but like whatever I pay on the door, I know it's gonna be worth it, even to this day for Jer Noonan. Some yeah. of the things that he does, there's like two to three plays every game. And he might only play 15, 16 minutes, but there's always gonna be one pass or one rebound or one and his reaction afterwards, I pay double the price because <laughs> it's just hilarious, you know? Yeah. Uh, so him him growing up he was always there was always a bit of genius and a bit of magic in him um, yeah. Shane Collin uh, like if anybody argues that he isn't one of the best ever uh, to play in the Super League like it, you just need to go back and check stats check what he's done check what he's won uh, how clutch he was I'm not saying he's the best but he's up there um, mm-hmm. and then obviously Colin um one of the again one of the best definitely uh, again, if not the best 
Uh, and then going outside, I, I stads there then as well. And Stephen McCarthy, he was a little bit before. Um, he was a little bit before then when he was in his prime, but uh, he was one of my earlier memories as well. Um, he was played play with Neptune. He was okay. incredible. He like he back you down from his own free trolling, and <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't speed him up. Uh, yeah, he passer, could score the ball like a leader. Numerous trophies as well, but then coming. Further than that, um, outside of Cork, I love, I'm a huge fan of Conor Meany. Um, yeah. I've always been a big fan of the way he plays the game. Um, no, he's got, he has a league and a cup and you could say he doesn't have as much trophies as some of the other people out there, but just how smart he was, how bright he was. Um, he was still scoring 30 a game like there, last he year, could the score, year before? He could score at all three levels. Mm. He Unbelievable off the ball screen. Um, Paddy Kelly, the best off ball cutter I've seen. Like, he, I used to love watching him play. I didn't get to see enough of him. Yeah. Um, used to love watching him play when he brings Clester and does Clester and Demons times. Um, Isaac, loved watching him play. Uh, yeah, I, I could name tons and tons more, yeah. but they were you, you like. write a book. Yeah, they were my earlier memories and then up to now and then like I'm not going to say Dick was my idol like Paul Dick was my idol but like he was somebody that you said like I definitely tried to model my game around a little bit as I was getting older because I was he was within reaching distance of playing against him right um, but yeah it's, like the names bro you're, you're, you're naming some people that I've never even heard about and I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> jealous that you know, I started basketball so late, like you I didn't. Would. It's pro- probably Paddy Kelly and Adrian Fulton. You might not have heard too much about. Big find out off Isaac. Find out off like Puff would know a little bit. Paddy Kelly was something else. Mm. Um, he's and I don't want to come on here and preach on how great everybody else was, but like if there's an opportunity out for, there for you to learn from these type of people, go and do it. Um. People like Jason Killeen, like what he's done in the last decade. Oh yeah, crazy. He gave us work Stupid. twice he had, this year too. I think he has like, in the last decade, he's got three leagues, three cups, two mm-hmm. champions trophies or something like that. Like, I don't know. It's That's a lot. He's, he's done some work. And you know what? He's the type of person that'll talk to a, an under 13 B from Monaghan or talk to the best player in the Super League the same way. Yeah. You know, he'll give advice when he can give advice and all that. So um, he was another one. He's another one for sure. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the great thing about the the Super League and everybody in Basketball Ireland. The most experienced players, the best players would give their time to a 12-year-old who's asking like, how do, how, do I, how do I do this thing in the post or how do I look at this, whatever. They're going to well, give like, you the time like of day. It's great. I think that's what's that's how it's going to make our it's that's what's going to drive our game. That's how we're going to get better. There's obviously more elements to it in the coaching and uh, you know how we're how we're running our leagues with you know different Americans coming in, how many professionals, how much money. All there's loads of different elements, but like there's one element that we have total control over is how much knowledge our older players can give to the younger players and how much. I can give back how much Isaac has given me, how much Connor has given me, how much Paul can give back. Yeah. 
And all you have to do is go and ask. And the one thing I do like about what you're doing on here is that, you know, I might seem a little bit more approachable. I'll answer any question. It doesn't matter. But like having a platform like this is great for younger people. And at the end of the day, like no matter what you've won, somebody else is going to win it the next year. Or oh, yeah. if you win two or three, it's, you're, not that you're going to be forgotten about, but the game just keeps moving. Yeah, so it does. if you want to have a greater legacy, take a leaf out of Jason Killeen's book and Puff and these people who just keep giving back to the younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like, don't go, and, don't go and do it and go win what you win and then just be a shadow of yourself afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's you. We do have total control over it. Uh, so having a platform like this and doing what Paul Keller was doing and getting the coaches to come on and learn and stuff yeah. like that, definitely, it definitely helps. Because like, as I say, you're not going to be forgotten about, but like it moves on. Like we went undefeated in Demons and I'm not going to say no one cares because obviously the team has a little bit of pride in it, but like you just keep going. Like the next season, yeah. people are raving about Temple Oak because they were coming. Now people are starting to rant about Tralee because they won a league. No star yeah. when the league ain't are underway. Like it just keeps moving. So Yeah, it really does keep moving. Everyone keeps getting better and you know, trying to make their own versions of history and mark their own mark on history anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Uh Isaac said Paddy was the great was the best off ball cutter and the greatest no look passer to ever play in Ireland. No question about it. If there's tapes of like I remember watching it so it was an eleven cup final. Uh, it was Marion and uh, Kilester and bef- like Paddy was coming towards the end of his career at that time but like, even still at that time he was he was unbelievable but if there's any game tape of 06 where uh, it was Colin Shane Niall and then you had in Demons and you had Madsen um, Isaac and Michael and Paddy Kelly, Jermaine Turner, like that era and DCU were excellent as well. So if yeah. you ha- if there's any game to about there for anybody who has it, put it up from 2006 to 2010. People from my age and a little bit lower, or sorry, a little bit younger, little need bit. to see some of that. Um, those games were unbelievable. Uh, Johnny Grinnell, Isaac just said again, like the the names go on, um, and I'm probably forgetting some people, and I don't know. I don't know at all either. I'm just—I've been lucky enough to be around a lot of people um, that do know enough, and I listen, ask questions, or whatever. But if there's game tape from from them, get them out. Get them out. We need to see that. Yeah, definitely. I think um, basketball Ireland uh, are are doing good at like broadcasting the games that happened in the, like the last couple of years. But if yeah. they can go in the archives and get those, that'd be great. Yeah, like um, I've, I've seen some stuff from like the '80s and all that, but like. And that, that is great. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the game has moved on as well. So I can translate, I can I can relate more to, to, 2000, games. Yeah. to 2010, more than mm-hmm. I can to the 80s. And if, if there's anything out there, like I saw something like Waterford, they had uh, Dean Kavanagh down there. He was a player that's not spoken about enough. Uh, John Tien in Tralee. Like people nowadays talk about Donahue at the moment, like what yeah. he's done in the last couple of years. If you saw Kieran Donahue play in 2007 and 2008, like he won, won a league with Quirk and Tien in UL against Kilester 
and Colester had Bonaparte and Bonaparte was a different kettle of fish he was just an amazing athlete back then uh, and they had Armand Dahi I think as well and Johnny and like all that team was still playing right. like those games were unbelievable to watch and again I've been lucky enough to see them but like we got to get those game tapes out because all these younger kids that are coming up need to know um, where yeah, the game sure is somebody from. has those where the so, game somebody is. has to have those tapes yeah yeah. No, bro. Even even talking about Bonaparte, like, um, I, I I saw him. Obviously, played against him this year, but I saw him play uh, against a, a couple teams in the Super League, and he was still still giving them work. Uh, and I think just said, I might be I might be wrong, but I think Temple Oaks, like what they've done in the last couple of years, has obviously been been great. It's not it's not easy to do what they've been doing. But I think their best year was when they won the league in two, I guess 2017 and mm-hmm. Bonaparte, with Bonaparte and Puff. Um, Bonaparte, I, like, he, could, he was playing with Killeen and Conor Grace was around the year before as well. Yeah. In 2016, when Bonaparte was able to go to the tree, I was like, this, uh, he's so tough. Like, he's just so versatile. But like, if, again, if you saw him 10 years ago, yeah, that's wild, bro. Like, uh, there's there's a lot of people in here commending your basketball knowledge. Puff was like, "Yo, you remember all this shit?" Uh, <laughs> Isaac is for real, Puff. He got a whole Super League index. You got a whole basketball index in there. Because um, yeah, like, just, I, it's, just, it's just about asking the questions, man, and just being around it. Like, there's a lot of basketball conversations in this house, um, and yeah. for me to get better and so I don't need to know every detail about what was what was what went down before me but like some some parts of it is just fun to know about and then the other parts of it are like how good like I, I want to be a really good basketball player what can I know from them that's going to make me better what have they done that I haven't done that would put yeah. me in the conversation with some of these players when I'm when it's all said and done um and it's just cool. I just love talking about basketball, anyway. So yeah, no, honestly, so I, I, I'm the same. I wish like I'd been involved in basketball when I was uh, when I was a lot younger. Like I only started playing in 2006, um, but like, and I I don't think I went to a Super League game then until maybe 2010. And but like you know what? That's like not every. That's okay too. Like I'm I'm just lucky to be part of the family I'm a part of and part of like basketball in Cork is huge anyway yeah like, even Roy Roy Downey he he doesn't have a basketball family but he's been part of an unbelievably historical club um, and it's just there's been four or five clubs in Cork that have kind of dominated um, the, just the Cork leagues in Cork and it, it's just a smaller community than the actual basketball full basketball community in Ireland so like the Pro Hall was just a place to be so like when you were younger, you were learning. If you weren't watching it, you were talking about it and uh, you just learned loads from it. So as I say, Roy, like when he was in, like he knows tons about it, but he didn't have a basketball family just like you. But it's like, I don't know what the oblate was like when you were growing up, but it seemed to be like maybe a couple of the games were played there and stuff, but it wasn't the way the program, and the program all brought its positives and negatives. Like we were also totally overhyped. Like we were the best thing since sliced pan. If you played well off the program all, you were, you know you're going to the NBA like which <laughs> yeah um, but yeah it's just 
I suppose being, being lucky enough to be in part of the Cork basketball community as well it's just been you learn loads from that as well you know yeah it's and, amazing it's, it's a dynasty down there um, we, we had a couple of comments in here so Jer said 06 uh, 06 like you guys were stacked Andre said spend a day with Francis to go O'Sullivan you'll learn all you need to know man Andre like, <laughs> Andre would come to our house my mom give him dinner or whatever everybody's eating family dinner and stuff Andre would be there he'd listen to my dad just talk about whatever just basketball and next thing you know like 20 minutes later Andre is just cranked out on the couch like just fast asleep <laughs> Andre would be talking about like how fucking <laughs> my dad has a lot of knowledge but he'd be putting this man to sleep like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Um, Andre learned quick. Uh, one good Billy, Billy Kelly and you were getting drafted. Yeah, that's facts. The Billy Kelly is such a monumental oh, fucking tournament. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a bit like, I think I've watched from like when I was, I'd say 10, every single Billy Kelly every year. Mm. No matter what it is, it's always nice weather when the Billy Kelly is on. It's always nice weather in Cork. I don't, I don't get Every it. Every time. So everybody's upbeat. Everyone's there watching games. And there's so many good players. And just even since I've come back, like, or sorry, when I when I was away, like I'm checking in. Uh, going to games, whatever. Um, but yeah, so no, Billy Kelly's always been, it's been, it's been a great tournament too. Like, or the Michael Heffern, the John Collin and stuff like that. Yeah, mm. bro, that's crazy. Um, Kieran said that soup, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a bedtime story, rocked me to sleep. <laughs> Rockabye baby, Colin. <laughs> no, Andre was definitely a character. Um, so, oh, okay. Big question just came in. So, uh, Ozzy Joe just said. Lads, my question is, what are we doing in Ireland to take basketball to the next level or at least on par with sports like soccer and rugby in Ireland? There's there's a lot of work that is going into that, like not only from the players uh, improving their game by going away, staying here, putting in so much work, but like Basketball Ireland has done a lot. The people that are working in Basketball Ireland, Jason Clean was uh, the development officer yeah. Uh, they just announced Niall Berry as the as another development officer. Yeah. Those are all great people that like have these brand new ideas about basketball and how it can get better. So I think like the people that are involved in basketball Ireland are really going to take that to the next level, and it's on every one of us as well to yeah. Yeah. to help do that. Yeah, yeah. I think the first thing we need to do is like the participation levels. Uh, mm-hmm. There's two. There's two things. It's like how elite we want to be or like you can answer that question in both ways. Like I don't know, are we ever going to have like Ronan O'Gara's and Brian O'Driscoll's that they were world class rugby players? I'm not sure we're going to have world class basketball players very very soon. But yeah. participation levels need to come up and have been coming up. It's probably the fastest growing sport in the last number of years. And so I think that's the first step is the participation levels come up, and then just like different things. Like when Cup Weekend is on, it's like the media coverage on that is unbelievable and a lot of other sports come to a stop. So whether it be hard for the players or not to like, you know, reach your peak in January and then reach it again in March, that's what's great about the cup is the whole other, the whole country basically has come to a stop with sports other than basketball. Yeah. Um, 
So having like taking advantage of that, like putting it out there that like a lot a lot of people know about basketball and what senior national team does and what the underage teams do and the professionals and the money and um, so kind of we need to put it out there more and I think we've been doing that and as you say going back to Mary and what they've done in Basketball Ireland recently with the social media stuff they're they're going they're doing the right things we're on the right path Uh, we're definitely in a better place than when I was 16 years old and I'm 26 now and like if we can be in a better place again on 36 then here we go yeah. maybe we will have somebody that'll be world class you know oh yeah definitely like it, it <clears throat> it's only getting better um we're with everything that's happening um all the coaching clinics like ren ren sports did a coaching clinic for the last two weeks and had different people from all over the world talking about coaching and it was free to join yeah. paul keller had his paul keller is almost um, great. Yeah. yeah and pa- this, and it's pa- like Price. the it's exactly Pat Price as well. It's just getting the world is getting smaller, obviously, and like you know, all the highlight tapes and all the games you can watch and all that sort of stuff. But we're using this like pandemic as a like it's a great time to grow our game still. And I think we're doing those, we're making those right steps. We haven't sat yeah. back and just waited for it to be over and hoping that there's another season. Um, I think I've had every conversation that you can have about basketball since the, since the pandemic but just like I think we did, we're just going in the right direction really I suppose to put it simply you know yeah definitely I think uh, even <clears throat> maybe maybe it's just the people that I follow on Instagram but I feel like the basketball community are training and like all the kids in basketball Ireland are really training a lot more than anyone else maybe that's just what I'm seeing but yeah, like yeah, yeah. it no, looks like kids right. are out there every yeah. day yeah, and you know, overcoming the challenges like not having a hoop or you know not not being able to play wherever they're overcoming those challenges and getting their work in no matter what. And this is where like people like you and uh, and Isaac and Puff have come into play as well. We're putting all your stuff together and putting it out on social media so kids can uh, like obviously the workouts, but then the, the different challenges, and then when they see different people go and do the challenges and the younger kids are like oh I want to trade like he gets this time I want to get that time and it's automatically it's making kids more involved it's fun for them and they're getting better and yeah um, so that, that that's, stuff is the, making. that's the immediate effect that we can have on it um, like basketball Ireland are doing their thing but like there's there's a lot that us players as players and people in the basketball community can do for younger kids and I think that's huge definitely definitely and I think he, even like as a Another one on that, like parents are doing a lot. So I, I've I've met obviously a, a bunch of parents in the last two years um, as I've gotten more into coaching. Um, and like there's parents that don't know a lick about basketball, but like they're at every game. They're talking yeah. to me, asking me like what their kids can do. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. So you're not going to know. You can't expect these parents to know and stuff on, unless they go to these games and get involved and like sometimes like maybe it's it's the club's issue as well they might not promote it as much but like there's still high high level players in the league playing in front of 20 people 30 people I'm like yeah I'd go to see every game if I could and maybe that's different mm-hmm. but like the gyms need to stack it like I know Aina packs it out and they're like truly have obviously done a great job of it and even our home 
club here, Banner College, all the younger kids are starting to get involved now and stuff. But the game's not going to grow unless people start getting involved. It's as simple as that. It's you know, yeah. it's stating the obvious, but you need those people. You need those parents who are blindsided by basketball to to come in and get involved and grow it and getting those getting kids and the participation levels to come up. Yeah, that's facts. Um, quick shout out to Dr. Troy. Thank you for all your work. Uh, Alex is still out there working. Uh, so appreciate you for that. Um, better, better than me for that. Anyway. Yeah. I think um, with, with, with that whole, like everybody watching basketball, um, there, there, there's so much more like one thing, sorry, I was going off on a tangent there, but one thing I hate about the Super League is the fact that I can't go and watch other games. You know what I mean? Like, well, like watching them on tape is fine, but like being yeah. there and like seeing that's the you one cross thing. somebody up or whatever it is. Yeah, that's the one thing that I d- didn't really understand. I know people love to play on their Saturday nights or whatever, but like I played a game in Dublin once and it was a lot of the Dublin teams were at home. So let's say Star were traveling, Mike Cullum were traveling, Mary were traveling, we were traveling, I think maybe three were as well. And everybody mm-hmm. was going to Dublin. Because then it's fine, Dublin dominated league. I don't have an issue with it, whatever, but. There was like six games, five games at on at seven o'clock or eight o'clock in Dublin. Yeah. How did like how are we <laughs> supposed to I don't know, if you're a kid that lives in South Dublin and you're like I can go you see Puff play and all the Temple, but I can go see Connor Mini play and Marion, or I can go see your pros and all the Aina guys in, in Aina. It's like it's great to have, but the fact that they're on at the exact same time, you're like mm-hmm. No, it's taking from one club and it's giving to the other in ways. But I don't know how, how. Like, there's enough teams there that yeah, you can't, you can't have every game like separated in different hours or whatever. But like, if if Temple Oak play at four o'clock, Marion play at six, and I don't know DCU play in the north side at eight, Colester yeah. play the following day, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be six games <laughs> between seven oh, and eight o'clock. Yeah, definitely. Um, and maybe you won't get that much of a crossover, but there would certainly, I know there's definitely people out there that would go to both, both sets of games. Um, oh yeah, for sure. There's a lot of players that would, a lot of kids definitely would. Um, so yeah, that, that that's something that, that would be great if it could change, but I'm sure there's other, uh, you know, issues behind that. Yeah, yeah, but, um, of course. And we are running out of time, but... Uh, I just want to thank you again for coming on, man. I definitely would want to have another conversation with you uh, yeah. in the future. So appreciate no, you. All. all right, man. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Have a good one.
All right, man. You-